0: hello jonathan lewis how are you
1: i'm fine brett Hadley. how about you <laughs>
0: um i feel like i'm quite upbeat for a sunday evening yeah well certainly that intro would, I think was quite a peep, no
1: why would you why would you not be up done something from the
0: um fair fair question there is no reason why I wouldn't be other than perhaps just maybe a little tired, but this is a conversation i had with a couple of people recently if, when you become a parent, you're always tired, you don't really have days where you, you you don't feel tired, so
1: especially when they're little,
0: especially when they're little, but even now when i mean my oldest is like your oldest um four and a bit four and a half ish nearly. And uh, I still think at that age, there's still so much a pain in the ass that I'm still constantly tired.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, really It uh, never ends, really. Yeah. There's always uh, something.
0: That's not. You, I mean, you don't you, even you don't get late in, do you? Like, you still get up at a reasonable time. Like even if I mean, summer gets up at seven most days, so that might seem like a lane to some people. But I'll be honest. I also need to take more care in my evening I think in terms of getting to bed a bit earlier and sleeping rather than staying up and watching Netflix.
1: Mm. I do find it, one, it, it seems like literally every time I go to bed say I was nine right, like, whatever she's up multiple mm. times like what's the fucking point?
0: Well, as as in like yes I'm finally going to get a good night's sleep tonight I'm going to get to bed early prioritise it all and everything and then so to law she, she's, up. She, she's up and keeps you awake yeah. yeah
1: multiple times a night she's like well this is horrendous now. Bummer. Especially the time when I've got... Because I got um PGJ in the morning, six o'clock. I think oh, I'll go to bed up past nine tonight now. I get up at twenty past five. I go straight there then. So I think i was a good night as a tidy sleep then. In. But then inevitably now, I guarantee you should be up.
0: Yeah. plus also I guess you being a um a shift pattern type worker, different variant shifts must be more difficult to kind of get this structured routine consistent or no. any type of consistent sleep
1: you've never you've never really do you have a you for me you've got your your four days off so you can be consistent there then you your day shifts so you can be fairly consistent you just have to be have to go to bed a little bit earlier because you're up and like I can push it to 10 to 5 I can get up then you night shifts and you can't do that you know, so you're it's, really speaking, it's only two out of eight nights. But then you've got the, the last night shift where you're back on normal time, where you've just got up. Maybe you've been up all night. You can see you've up in the morning, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, have a bit more of the day. It's hard to go back to sleep at, eight, at 9 o'clock in the night then again. Mm. So you've got that issue as well.
0: I bet, yeah, I bet. So anyway, that's um, that's maybe one reason why I, I wouldn't be upbeat on a Sunday night because I'm constantly tired and over-caffeinated. But you do get that cycle. Over-caffeinated, under-caffeinated, over-caffeinated, under-caffeinated. Mm.
1: Have we drunk one coffee
0: today? I haven't drunk any coffee today. I did have a... Uh, uh, well, an energy drink. It was actually a nootropic, but I'll just call it an energy drink just for the um, sake of it, just for the ease, but it was a nootropic. But it was a protein what are they called? Command something, I think they're called. Something or other. But um, I can't remember what's in it. Obviously, a load of caffeine, but some other stuff as well. I did have one of those prior to my leg session this morning. <clears throat> and I haven't had any caffeine since, to be fair. So that was 8 o'clock this morning. Hence the under-caffeinated... St- uh, uh, see, I can't even speak under-caffeinated state. It's
1: good effort for uh, one day.
0: That's, a- that. that's actually most of my days, to be fair. As in, most of my days is a large bonus of caffeine in the morning when I train. And then very little afters. I might have a coffee at some point in the morning if I'm at home on my Bristol Express. Or if I'm not home, if I'm in an office or out and about, then I might buy one out. But I wouldn't usually have any more caffeine than that, which obviously I think my daily intake of caffeine isn't that high, especially for, you know, air quotes, fitness professional, because I guess caffeine and fitness professional is quite the synonym, but.
1: If you do rely on caffeine throughout the day, you probably need to reevaluate your sleep. Not mm. you personally,
0: but people rely on caffeine. Well, it's it's always those people that oh, I can drink, I can take a coffee to bed and I'll be all right. But I still deny that people can drink caffeine into the afternoon and evening, um and even and obviously taking it directly to bed is just ridiculous. But I still deny that those people who claim that they can still sleep fine that there isn't some negative effect because it just makes no logical sense that taking a stimulant before bed no. doesn't harm your sleep.
1: I suppose different people metabolize it quicker or slower, but is it gonna be that much quicker that it's not gonna, you know, it's going effect if you're drinking an eight o'clock at night and go bed at 10?
0: Well, this is it, this is it. And yes, you're absolutely right. There are people that metabolize it quicker, but there are people that literally take one to bed. They'll go to bed at 10 o'clock and take one up to them, take it or drink it, and then like try to go to sleep. And I'm like, hmm.
1: But they, th- but then.
0: Like, my per- my parents are one of them, or were. I don't think they do anymore, but they used to.
1: That is bizarre. Because I think people fall into the trap of, yeah, I'm sleeping. I go to sleep okay, but I have a restful sleep. You don't really know. But you may feel like shit in the morning. You think, oh, well, I slept all right. Did you really know? Because mm. it's like, well, if you're taking a about at 10 o'clock a half-life is six hours
0: yeah
1: potentially it, that, that's what that's what
0: i think yeah i think a lot of people might still fall asleep okay but their latency or like quality of sleep is still not as good as it could be and i think that like a lot of things with when it comes to health and wellness human beings are very adaptable and i do think we kind of get almost used to a baseline or certain state. So, you know, what it's like when you start working with someone and, you know, they've got historically a pretty poor diet, poor exercise regime, don't really look after themselves from a well-being perspective. And, but they don't, they don't say like, oh, I feel crap all the time or, you know, I feel particularly bad. They just want to make some effort to lose some weight or whatever. Um, and then when you start working with them and you start improving all of these kind of actions and behaviors, which result in obviously more vitality and more energy levels and more, they're like, I didn't know I felt so shit all the time. Now I realise that I shouldn't have been feeling like that. My baseline was really shit. And actually the baseline should be where I am now. Like far more energetic, far more vigorous, far more um, like with far more vitality and stuff. It does make a big difference.
1: Yeah, you're right. People don't realise until they've seen the other side almost.
0: Yeah, and I think that sleep's a bit like that. I think a lot of people that go, yeah, I sleep fine. They don't actually realise that they just got used to sleeping like poorly all the time they're just you know because like you do i think you do habitualize or get used to just like general low levels of sleep as you do as a parent you know you kind of just like those first you know few weeks of being a kind of a parent and that like lack of sleep does hit you really hard but you soon forget and get used to it don't you and you just kind of get used to the kind of constant well always feeling tired
1: the constant horrificness of being tired all the time
0: yeah yeah but i was having this conversation yesterday um at uh a christmas event party um well, i went to that's where it came about i sat in a room full of killers
1: room full of killers mm. your p g g party yeah
0: so you're not literal killers but we, the, <laughs> that was funny because we were having this conversation i was like this is funny isn't it like there was thirty people in. We went to um, a place called Junkyard, Mar- Junkyard Market in Norwich, which is like a street food vendor thing, like an organised street food vendor thing. Really cool. We had like a big, like one of those Alpine dome type things, with like you so you can see out to the the stars and stuff, just us in there. And I thought, if you were to come to this sort of event, you know, a bit beard up, a bit too leery and laddie or whatever else, and then you get get a fight with someone, this isn't the group you want to get in a fight with. Like 30- thirty. Yeah.
1: Contact,
0: I mean that's what I mean. I was gonna say thirty killers. I probably mean twenty-nine killers and me. Let's be honest. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, twenty-nine and one. Um, but I was thinking that is sort of. Like, and to be honest, a lot of them are very unassuming, like in plain clothes, sitting there. You probably wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't think twice about like just getting in a fight or whatever else because you wouldn't think anything of it. That might backfire quite soon. You're like, oh shit, what have I done? Like the fear suddenly kicks in where you're like, oh, I've made a mistake here because <laughs> you feel, ended up on your ass like being strangled to death
1: I think that is the problem with a, with. <clears throat> not, it's obviously not a lot of people is it Maybe a lot of youngsters full of bravado or full of beer who have no skill they don't understand what they don't know and what other people do it's like oh yeah I can swing a few punches and that's it it's like well not really
0: they can't even let's be honest that type of scenario described there, they probably can't really actually swing a punch like people it's it's amazing the people that think they can fight probably actually have no idea what fighting really is in terms of like the the skill and the the required ability to fight and I'm not, i don't mean that in like a street fight i mean just like were, fighting is a skill and everyone thinks they can fight but actually most people can't so when you
1: go in bj you are you are fighting anew when you spar and you are fighting with someone and it's like you dwell for a couple of minutes and imagine that is a life and death scenario, you've got fucking problems. You gotta be fit. And unless you can finish them off very quickly, it's just a fucking bad place to be in if you're losing.
0: Yeah. I know I know a lot of people claim like, oh well, you know, you're confined to rules in in these fight sports and, you know, in a street fight I I'd, I'd stab you or something you know whatever and uh, there is an element of the, of that i guess in in like if you did get into an altercation, there are obviously you know you're not confined to the certain rules that you would have in BJJ or whatever you know people can use weapons and all this stuff but it does make me laugh the people that seem to think that makes it completely and utterly like useless then because you know i mean i'm sure and certainly do an hour class but a lot of this stuff that as much as you're kind of competing in the sport it's also partly used for self defense. So, where whereby, like, yes, striking obviously isn't a thing in BJJ, well, is in combat BJJ, but not in normal BJJ. Um, when we go through things, I guess some of the movement patterns and stuff you talk about in drilling would start to include some conversations around, like, a, a position where you're vulnerable to striking and stuff. So that when you're using it outside of jiu-jitsu and you're using it more in a self defense perspective, you can understand where you're vulnerable. So it's not like it's you know, most people wouldn't be still aware of certain situations outside of kind of like the the strict rules of BJJ. Like, oh, you can't grab two fingers. Like, well, someone's going to grab two fingers if you're having a fight with someone, aren't they? Or if you're trying to defend yourself. You know, you're not going to give a shit about grabbing two fingers. You're going to do what you can to basically strangle them and get out of the situation or whatever if you need to. I mean, obviously, first thing you do is run. I mean, I still would. first thing I'd do is run because, yeah, I'm not going to get in a fight unless I really have to. But, you know
1: well you're right yeah the first thing you do is not bother in the first place mm. I don't bother going out anymore on any fashion like that on like local pubs nothing clubs no never don't just all whatsoever
0: that's because you're old mate you're <clears> really <throat> old
1: probably but it's just for one drinking doesn't appeal to me in the slight dust and people irritate you when they get drunk they like just <laughs> You know, my fucking tits now,
0: shut up. That's just people generally, though. I sit there and just think, yeah, people irritate me generally, so.
1: Yeah, you probably right there. <laughs> I might go in out for food and then leaving, but I'm like, like a couple of people we know would like to go, like, we're supposed to know for Christmas, like Christmas, do a few of us, and, like, <clears> oh, <throat> we go to a carnival and our food and then go to this, a live lounge, and to, live lounge, right, is it? pub with loads of bands in loud as fuck I'm like no thank you I will not go there you can go there. I ain't going forget it ram packed people are wrecked out their heads music's too loud you can't talk it's too busy no thank you keep one. I go I, food. Going.
0: I get the impression you don't like live music
1: I hate live music hate it I don't care who it is I don't care who it is too loud it's always in a pub I've never been in a pub no matter how good the band but it hasn't been too loud it's like you don't need to be that loud it makes it sound shit because the sound it's been using is crap Mm. that's right no matter what the size of the fucking club it's always shit I'm like oh no I just can't it's not for me it's not for me I I, I go to watch music now is Ibiza because it's a different atmosphere totally
0: I think um like the the kind of the live gig type event in a small pub type thing, obviously not like an actual proper gig. Um, I think if you are going there to listen to music, fine. My problem is, is like you go there as a social, and then you go to somewhere so loud you can't even speak to someone, and you are like, "This is obviously we might as well just not come together because I can't speak to you. We're just sitting here listening to live music. That's all you can do. because It's so loud." That would be my biggest problem. Um, that's also the problem of going to things like clubs nowadays. As a thirty year old, thirty eight year old married man. Um, with two children where I've got no interest in going there to scout out women. I've got no interest there to really kind of go and I'm not really a dancer and you know, whatever else. So uh, my only interest would be going to spend time with my friends and who I'm with and you can't really do that in a nightclub because it's just so loud. You can't really do it in a live gig because it's just so loud. So it's kind of like I'd just rather sit in a pub and actually speak to people. That's That might sound really, really miserable but like I said, I am a 38-year-old married man so forgive me i am a bit miserable yeah I'm
1: the same. i assume i just know i've on a saturday night at two o'clock in the morning no I,
0: right. I i walked down um on friday night i walked down the what was voted at one point in time the most dangerous road in norfolk i think or maybe even in east anglia maybe a bigger region but with the prince of wales road in norwich and um yeah, not a very nice place, I must admit. It's pretty rough. Obviously, this, I used to frequent there a lot when I was younger. But I look back now and think, oh, this is horrible walking down here. Everyone, like, off their tits, drunk. People spilling out into the streets. And I wasn't even late. I mean, it was like 11 o'clock. I was then getting the last train home. And, um, yeah, obviously, I was sober. Just look at these people thinking, this is horrible. And I, I was surprised at how many, like, gentlemen's clubs and else like, popped up out of nowhere. Thinking, not that I've got a problem with gentlemen's clubs, you know. If people want to go in and watch women dance as long as the women are treated well then fine go for it but like it's just amazing how there's like half a dozen on one street like, so how many do you need That's a lot yeah. Isn't it? yeah but um anyway that was my my views of that but like talking about being sober i guess this is quite a useful segue into like a good conversation i think especially this time of year because these types of things like happen at the weekend christmas do's and parties for anyone with kind of any um impetus of wanting to kind of look after their health or anyone with any kind of specific goal of weight loss or that type of thing, drinking this time of year can get out of hand. I guess it's kind of interesting to think about people's views on alcohol. Yeah. And I guess like it's partly come up with a conversation of a client of mine around alcohol over like just, I guess maybe preface it a little bit. Um, he's... He's had some, I don't know if I want to say issues with alcohol, make it sound a bit extreme, I don't know, or maybe not the right context, but I can't think of a more appropriate word, but he's had, basically he's had experience with alcohol, and he's you know kind of a, a reasonably big drinker, or has been, um, and w- clearly knows he wants to cut the amount of alcohol down. It's, uh, he, he does have a weight loss goal, clearly he found out that alcohol is detrimental and hasn't helped him towards his weight loss goal. Um, he's also been able to experience that he can still lose weight and drink alcohol, so like as we all know, is possible. But I guess it's, um, he's gone through this journey of, of kind of including alcohol, deciding that it wasn't optimal, completely excluding it for a while, but with a view of maybe introducing it back in, introducing it back in, perhaps not kind of being as successful as he would hope or as kind of had... The same enjoyment or the same experiences, maybe you thought you might have, and gone back to the other way, deciding to exclude it again completely. Um, and that might be a good or bad response, really depending upon your perspective or view. Um, but it's an interesting one to think about because we've had lots of conversations about alcohol and its place in someone's diet, in air quotes, as in like the Greek meaning of diet, as in what you know, your, what someone consumes, so their actual diet, not diet as in the cultural or colloquial weight loss diet. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I guess like, I guess maybe if I give my, no, actually tell it you give your view on alcohol, which I think we know what it is, bear in mind what you've just said, but we can kind of back and forth it a little bit in terms of kind of where it may have a place, where it might not have a place, kind of just perspectives on it, that type of thing, because it is an interesting one because I say a lot of people now will probably feel a lot of pressure over the next few weeks to drink, whether it's from Friends, family, peers, all that sort of stuff, or whether it's even their own pressure that they put on themselves because you know, everyone likes to drink a Christmas type thing.
1: If they banned it tomorrow, it'd be a better put the UK would be a better place.
0: Would it though? Would it not just create another prohibition? Or no, well, obviously not I prohibition, didn't... but would it not create the same situation that happened in Prohibition?
1: If it just was if it just didn't exist then. Not banned, it just wasn't new. It would be a much better can be a much better place. Because it's just to me, I don't really see any <clears throat> positives of it. I just, I just, like, if you need, if you need to relax, then it's not the alcohol. It's you need to sort out whatever you need to sort out to get you to relax. If you can't have fun without alcohol, that's on you. Honest, alcohol is not a benefit to you to sort those things out it's a crux for a lot of people it's an excuse for a lot of people to do stupid shit it puts loads of pressure on the NSS the police force loads of stuff because people just can't handle their drink I don't see everyone obviously not everyone thousands of, of millions of people die every year for me not just in the UK or in the world I just don't see I don't see the appeal it myself it's got no health benefits to me um, it just causes more hassle than it needs.
0: So you're you're, you're obviously a uh, big fan of drinking alcohol. Yeah, massive fan of it. What what made you is it this is this been an evolution of time, or have you always been that way?
1: I didn't I didn't drink from sixteen to twenty sixteen to nineteen at all, when I went out to every weekend. But you sort of look around and you think. A lot of balance ends out there, and a lot of us—well, probably most of us fueled by alcohol. These people could be idiots anyway, but you just think the behaviour of some people on alcohol is just ridiculous, and you just see it as you obviously I worked it over seven years. You just you just see it all the time, and again, you were not like as sober. You wouldn't be behaving like as sober. This won't be happening if you were sober. There's just It's just yeah. It's probably probably evolved over time. As well, I've never been a big drinker anyway. Never. I mean, the last time I drank was about six years, no, 2013, when I was going to Ibiza. So different atmosphere, everything. But didn't there's no benefit to me really on that time. But it's a bit, I think it's more of a UK thing. I think because in Europe there's a there's a different uh, culture on drinking in there. We, the UK are generally yobs. They can't go, oh, I'm going away now. Let's go and drink from 9am in the airport till till I get back. I'm like, it's fucking like pathetic. You are pathetic. That's what I think. And it's just that, and no wonder the country's got such a horrendous reputation abroad. What do you think Eng-? well, I say English, normally me. They say, are you English? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. There we go then. Yobs, fighting, misbehaving, acting like pricks when they go out. And generally speaking, that's what happens, isn't it? I just it's just to me alcohol is a negative thing in almost every situation okay
0: i think um i don't i i i have similar views but i just think probably not quite in the same level of strength of those views in that i mean yeah a lot of things you said i absolutely agree with i mean we do have a drink problem or drink culture in in the uk especially which i don't particularly enjoy um i think i mean for me personally alcohol is something that has more negatives than positives therefore it's just not something i include in my life and lifestyle very often like it's very infrequently i do think there's an element of i guess i don't know just just kind of bring it back to real basics i think yes there's obviously some some negative health connotations but like anything the dangers in the dose or the you know the the, the kind of the levels of of like toxicness um, are obviously all in the dose. I don't mean that like li- literally, literally speaking, as in terms of it being toxic. Obviously, it is being to- it's toxic, but I meant more kind of like the, the 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 when the negative things start coming out, it's all in the dosage, I think. But I do think the dosage is probably a lot lower than what most people adhere to, in my opinion. Um, as in, like you know, a pint or two, or like a drink, an alcoholic drink or two, in an evening, once in a while. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad thing. And I actually think for that in that scenario, just it can add some positive things in terms of you know, kind of, I guess that feeling of like social lubrication. And I know, like you say, like people shouldn't necessarily need that, but actually, there is a there is something where you know, like a drink can just loosen you up a little bit and just gets like the conversation, your mind a bit looser, and you kind of you know, the uh what's the word the barriers come down a little bit i can't think of the right word but you're a bit freer and maybe perhaps in the conversations that you have and stuff and that can be quite a nice feeling when you're doing it the problem is obviously it's very very easy for most or a lot of people to overstep that line and obviously just keep chasing the feeling of, of being drunk and intoxicated. i suppose and for me it's not a thing i enjoy anymore which is why i don't do it you obviously got the negative association or negative sides of it in terms of like obviously excess calories um Albeit that can be quite minimal if you kind of choose the right drinks and obviously, you know, stick to that one or two drinks type thing, then it's kind of pretty negligible. It can still have that negative effect though for a lot of people who are feeling a bit crappy the next day, especially as you do get a bit older. Don't know why that is. But um, if you don't look after yourself, kind of hydrate, um, still try and manage your sleep and all that type of stuff. It's surprising how fewer drinks can still make you feel a bit ratty the next day. And obviously that then has a knock-on effect to your productivity and everything else, your enjoyment of, of other stuff. Like, you know, if you go out on a weekend have a couple too many drinks feel a bit rough you're a bit ratty with your family you know you don't have you know you're in a bit of a bad mood you don't enjoy being around them all this type of stuff that can obviously have a quite a knock-on effect and i suppose need you start weighing up the the kind of the your experiences then in terms of making a choice of having alcohol versus a non-alcoholic drink especially you know if you like the taste of drinks and beers as we've said before there's plenty of really good offerings now in terms of non-alcoholic variants of, of drinks now or most people do like the taste of soft drinks like a diet coke or cherry coke or whatever as much as they like alcohol when you kind of weigh the two options up there aren't many scenarios where i feel like alcohol's the the better option there's just too many negatives compared to that compared to like no negatives really with picking a diet coke type thing that's kind of where i generally get to view and like this i've had a similar conversation with with this client where i think his perspective over kind of back and forth and exploring and going on his own little journey about it he's got to a point where he feels like actually alcohol just doesn't really feel like it has a place in his life anymore where which obviously is probably a strange thing to him to consider when he was a go down the pub regularly and have four or five pints you know at a weekend you know and maybe on a friday night a saturday night drinks with the family on a sunday type thing with a sunday lunch and that type of thing and to then step away and think actually there's too many negatives now i guess like that's quite a, that probably quite an interesting journey to be on. Does that all make sense? Yeah. So I think that, I, th- I think they're lying with yours in terms of the views. I think they're just probably not quite as strong whereas I'm I don't feel as strong as like the world would be a better place. I mean I think it would be if it if it didn't exist. But there are you know, alcohol does add some some positives in society and culturally and stuff. I think the UK culture itself is just not a very good slant on it. Like, certainly the ways a lot of Europe and European countries deal with it are probably better than us.
1: I oh, yeah, 100%. No Apparently, there was 7,500 direct alcohol deaths in 2020, direct, not mm-hmm. alcohol-related. In the UK? Be, yeah.
0: Or well, worldwide. Cause...
1: England and Wales. And it costs That's the cool. NHS... Three point five billion a year.
0: That feels quite a lot in a year, but it doesn't surprise you, really, when you like when we talk about the kind of the alcohol and drink culture that we have, especially youngsters. I guess you know students and kind of younger people going out and drinking to the point of fucking being paralytic.
1: But that doesn't include, right? This is just including. Is eighty percent of us from alcoholic liver disease? So that's obviously chronic. Uh-huh. Terms percent of mental and behavioural behavioural disorders due to alcohol use. And whether that's just mental health and kill yourself or whatever. And six percent of alcohol, accident alcohol, poisoning by exposure to alcohol. So that's without people fighting and killing each other, falling over or smashing their face and mm. dying. So I don't mind it is, but it's like to me. The government wins about certain things. Like we could literally fucking ban it tomorrow, yeah. save a thousand lives, and save three and a half billion in European chess. I wouldn't condone banning it because some people you can't you can't really dictate to people what they can and can't enjoy. Can you? Well, well, they try and do lately, but it'd be a bit of a difficult one. But like I said, if it, if it disappeared tomorrow, it'd be a fucking good thing, generally speaking. But I, I, again, we're not like the Europeans. We they'll sit down. With a family, have a glass of wine and food. A lot of people are just going to go
0: up and get smashed tonight. Yeah, and I guess like I am, I'm conscious of this becoming a uh, alcohol bashing episode because it shouldn't be, and especially like you know how much I love to be evidence based. I guess there is evidence associating low levels of long term alcohol use with actually better health outcomes. So, and why that is, I don't know. Obviously, people talk about like resveratrol in wine, and you know in like red wine or you know whatever as oh, maybe that's something that has some sort of protective effect on the heart and what you know i'm not clued up enough really to know in the in the, in the evidence to kind of talk through it in any kind of um expertise or any authority but I, I think aside from that i still feel like there is there there can be a place because people do enjoy it and it's obviously it's finding for a lot of people that we work with i guess is finding that level of use the wanky phrase of moderation but moderation or moderating how much they drink compared to their goal now i do i do think obviously if your goal is weight loss including alcohol makes it probably in my opinion needlessly more difficult than it has to be just and and that's less with the direct influence of the alcohol calories as in like the actual amount of calories you're consuming in alcohol is probably less of the problem, and actually more of the problem is the actions and behaviours it drives from the fact you're drinking. So that's usually the kind of the food choices, the lowering of, in, of inhibitions, the tiredness, lethargy, fatigue the next day, which again results in poorer food choices, um, lower activity levels, and all that type of stuff. And I guess a lot of that bit is the, is the worst part. It's actually worse than the fact that you might have consumed... Because let's be honest, like, at worst... You might consume, what, a couple of thousand calories of alcohol for the most part. Like, that's 10 pints, pretty yeah. much. Like, most people aren't going to be drinking that much. Some people might, but most people aren't going to be drinking that much. Um, You could easily make that a lot better and skip to lower calorie alternatives if you want to make that active choice. Or by default, a lot of people just move to shorts and stuff anyway because they can't drink 10 pints of fucking beer. So that might just by but naturally bring it down a bit. Like, you can actually, if you really wanted to, and I keep using the word actually, but <laughs> you could go and have what five double GNTs for what's that 350 calories something, with a calorie free mixer and get absolutely smashed on on that for yeah, 350 absolutely. calories so the the actual effect of calories is like negligible it can be can't it? in alcohol it's usually the the kind of the effect it then has on all the decision making and stuff afterwards which is really the problem
1: lack of sleep poor sleep quality eat temperature the next day and um, not on controlled appetite but a harder to control appetite is lack of sleep
0: yeah. Well, you've immediately—I you've, 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 was just going to say—you've immediately got there, Donna, kebab and garlic mayo on the way home that you wouldn't have chosen, but because you're already drunk and got no willpower, self-control, or motivation anymore, then you're like, "Yeah, go on then," because the, that feels like the best thing in the world at the moment.
1: Well, yeah, and that's yeah, that's, what's it. that's what the issue is when people are trying to lose weight—is all that stuff that surrounds. The alcohol, not necessarily the calories or the alcohol itself, which you know, as you said, can be pretty negligible if you pick the right, if you pick the right drinks. But like, mm-hmm. let's see. But if you've got a a fat loss goal of, you think right, I got whatever time frame, I want to diet for 16, 20 weeks to get to uh, okay, whatever, whatever your goal is, holiday, where, whatever. I would say if you can't not drink for twelve weeks, should you be looking at, looking at yourself to say why can I not drink for twelve weeks? Because twelve weeks is not a long time to go to drink.
0: No, but, but then, a lot of that might I, be. I, I... Sorry, my on. I
1: say bear in mind who listening. This is my opinion.
0: Yeah, oh no, no, yeah, yeah, of course. But I was going to say, like, I, I guess a lot of it might be less that, like, given it, it's a bit like, a, like, even, even like, just generally diets. Like a lot of people might say, I can stick to a diet for 12 weeks, but it's the things that come up in the meantime that stops giving me a clear run, which is the problem, like social occasions, holidays, you know, meals out, that type of thing, that just derails them. I guess alcohol could come in the same category a bit, where like some people might think that, yeah, I could easily go 12 weeks, but unfortunately, I then have a a stag do or a night out or something that happens at the 12 weeks, which means I have to drink. And I know I what you're to. saying, you do, yeah, you don't have to, you do. You could just choose not to, but I guess it's just not the culture that people have kind of grown up or been conditioned to have.
1: Yeah, the culture is a big part of it, and like we've talked about before, me. it's our culture, it's, it's, it's accepted that our quality a part of the culture. You know what I mean? when it's sometimes not accepted when you drink uh energy drink.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. You're thinking, like, what planet do you want? The energy drink's the bad thing, apparently. But, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just an acceptable part of the culture and you're almost deemed odd if you don't drink. I had, I had all, all the time when I was young going out to pubs, oh, I was like, can have a glass of water, please? Oh, you're not drinking? If I was fucking drinking, I'd ask for a bastard pint, tonight. But I ask for the fucking water. Who so clearly I am not drinking, am I? Just get, it, it irritates you after a while. You are like, Jesus Christ! You no, know I am not.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, but, I think yeah that that that's um, I guess that's a an accumulation of kind of just annoyance, I suppose, in terms of like if people are constantly asking you, you do get a bit annoyed or bored of kind of answering the same question again. Like, well, no, I am not. But that, I, I think obviously this is where part of the topic came about is getting asked. Yesterday, like, do I not? Oh, do you not drink? Because I was, I had like a Heineken Zero for the first drink I had, or something. And then I was drinking like Diet Cokes and stuff. And obviously, I guess it just seems like the anomaly, or it's not normal to not drink in those type of scenarios or environments.
1: Well, it's not. It's not. It's not normal in this country. A group mm-hmm. of twenty, twenty blokes or whatever it was. Most groups, you would, you would probably say about all of them are drunk at some yeah. point yeah. today.
0: I'd I'd be surprised if um if if there was anyone else not drinking there actually. I mean yeah. I, I can't say I managed to probably even spend a lot of time with everybody, but everyone and certainly that in that I was speaking to for decent chunks of the night were all drinking. Oh, wait, well, even night actually—it's afternoon, so. And that's
1: that's pretty normal, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah.
1: I wonder how many of those. BJJ people have have done weed or and or mushrooms,
0: probably all of them because it is, doesn't it go hand in hand,
1: doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it? Does, isn't it? BJJ. Especially magic, especially <laughs> microdosing magic magic mushrooms, it's, uh, it's a thing, doesn't it?
0: That's blame fucking Joe Rogan, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I don't, I've i heard people talk before. Yes, it's got no side effects. Like, right? there's nothing's got no side effects, is there? I know you are talking about microdosing, so it's, you know you're not going to get the side effects you have from fucking full on mushrooms, but no, nothing's ever free, is it? No, then somewhere on the line in
0: there. It's it it's funny how, and I don't know how the culture in in jiu jitsu has come about, but like weed and mushrooms is kind of like again a synonym of, um, yeah, like being a being being a silent assassin. <laughs> it
1: is, isn't it? I I, so I've, I imagine taking mushrooms every now and again, it's probably better for you than drinking alcohol every week.
0: Probably. Probably is. I, I mean, other than the kind of the um, inhalation of smoke, I would even say like smoking weed is probably better than you from drinking alcohol every week. But...
1: this when they talk about microdosing, but I don't know what, I didn't know what, what's a normal dose of mushrooms. I don't know. But microdosing, it's like, it's like anything, else. it's like people who take steroids, isn't it? Mm. You've got the limbage and they a fucking bucket load of steroids, and the... People on TRT who take just enough for them to be functional. It's like beer, it's, it does go back to what beer is, isn't it? You've got the Mr. Limited who drink fucking 30 pints and die, and you've got the people who drink every now and again a pint or two. So like, mm. even, even though my stance is quite hardcore, like, there's a band I won't give a fuck. But there is, there is levels to everything in it. Yeah.
0: You anything. I, it's I like,
1: I, imagine one point, cocaine was used. Fucking great, little bit fucking tidy, but then someone goes, "Oh, I'm from grandma," and they get addicted and they die. Yeah, same with everything in it. The devil's in the doors and everything in it.
0: I think um, the problem you you might find with individuals that do kind of enjoy a drink, though, and whether that's the like they enjoy the taste of it, they enjoy the the culture, they enjoy the experience, they enjoy getting drunk. Whatever that is, the problem is, I guess, when you start, and it's the same. Um, Uh, perspective or or kind of thing you see with food as as well in mindsets of once you ban it or you remove it it becomes then a forbidden pedestal that like a forbidden thing on a pedestal that you have to then try and get out of your mind which becomes an impossible job you can't do it It becomes something like a a mountain to achieve um or overcome and i think obviously that's that's the issue if you say to someone like okay right i'm not gonna go TTL so i'm not gonna do it they'll either survive 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 and manage to kind of restrict and then at some point they'll break and have a massive binge session like the first time they go out they'll have a drink and then they'll just get on it and get absolutely smashed I guess that doesn't improve particularly good relationships with things like alcohol um, the same way as obviously you know we, more flexible kind of and less rigid type diets are generally more successful for those exact same reasons and I think the same approach comes with alcohol which I think again going relating it back to the conversation with my client I've, we've always been quite clear in the way we spoke about it that it's really important to have the mindset of like not, it's, you know, you might be having a period now where you're not consuming alcohol, but it's not a case of never consuming alcohol again. Because I think if you do that, it's probably going to lend itself to poorer relationships with alcohol. And also, as I said, my views aren't that strong that I don't think alcohol shouldn't be consumed moderately in a healthful diet. But I think probably for most people, you know, you might be talking, you know, every now and then, like, whether it's once a month, once every few months, we have a drink or two, you know, not even a. a I, I don't even really like, like, personally for me, the thought of even getting drunk anymore. I don't. I wouldn't want to drink five or six, seven pints and get absolutely smashed. Because I think I'd probably feel a little bit like, oh, I'm just out of control and I don't like that feeling. Now, it'll probably happen at some point. Like, I'll go on a stag do and drink and obviously get drink to excess and then get drunk probably. Because I'll just feel like I need to... No, it's probably a bit harsh to say that I feel like I need to fit in. Because actually, I've been on stag news and not drunk. So actually, I do have enough kind of self-control where I can probably say, no, I'm not drinking. Like, I have enough ability to be able to still socialise, still not feel out of place, com- self-confidence almost to say, no, I'm not drinking in that environment. So I could do that. But I also choose, actually, I will drink. That makes sense? Mm. Which maybe that when I say it out loud like that, maybe it feels like I'm contradicting myself, and actually I'm I'm kind of being a hypocrite because actually I'm saying all these things about the net negative aspect or view that I have on alcohol. Yet there'll be times where I choose to still drink it. That's a that's a funny conundrum, isn't it? Or mm. pa- paradox. Going
1: to talk with your clients, even though your opinion on alcohol is maybe the total opposite of theirs, you've got a work it so they include alcohol as healthfully as possible mm. that gets them to their goals. Because mm. you may not you I might not agree with why I have a drink every weekend and like yeah but one. But you've got to go right. Use the use of downfalls you're doing that in the in the context of your diet, but meeting whether that to make changes when necessary.
0: Yeah, well, our views on food might be very similar as well, though. In that, you might have the, you might not have the same view, opinion, or perspective on someone's food choices, but you're still going to be coming from a perspective of non-judgment or a position of non-judgment. You're not going to be judging them because they've made a decision about food that doesn't align or agree with what perhaps you think is best, optimal, or right. And it's the yeah. same with alcohol. Um, which is obviously the point exactly you're trying to make where you kind of meet them where they're at and you would be kind of speaking to them around what might be best or not best for them based on their own goals, their own opinions, their own experiences, that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. They get to choose what they want to do and it comes from... And obviously, their choice will 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 lead to zero judgment. There'll be no judgment from us as coaches because that's not what we're about.
1: I've never said to someone, you shouldn't be drinking. It's so like you do anything like if they ask me the opinion if, if they asked me my opinion on drinking i tell them would, i wouldn't say outright
0: would would you? would yeah i was gonna say would you even say like because obviously your opinion on alcohol is obviously partly based on kind of culturally and as a society but a lot of it's obviously based on your own view on your choice for alcohol but yeah. does your opinion even go as far to say that you think like your clients should have the same not no it's, it's coming out wrong um like, do you even do you even think that clients shouldn't drink either? Generally, like not like I mean, if they choose, they want to. Obviously, clearly, like as you've just said, you're not going to ever tell them when they shouldn't, and you're going to say it's completely their choice. But do you think it would be better for them not to drink
1: from a health point of view, or from a particular goal or weight loss point of view?
0: Um, gen- just generally, I think.
1: I think if we didn't. <clears throat> I would say it's probably better off if nobody fucking drunk. That's my opinion, it? And in some way, people do drink. Like I say, I wouldn't say to that client, you shouldn't drink. But if they didn't drink, then I think it'd be a benefit. Mm. Really. Okay. But like, <laughs> there are people in the world who rightly or wrongly have had issues in even as a kid, and watch family members do certain things, and they've used alcohol as a as a crutch to, to deal with their own shit. So there are people who do that, so for them, even though it still goes back to the point of it, you need to, to sort out psychologically what the issues are that you have to rely on alcohol to sort out it is a coping mechanism for those sorts of people, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> I know it's a bit extreme in some places, isn't it? But, it was like, like Shari's, Shari's mother, she, she was 39. She died of alcoholism, 39. And she was, uh, 19. Oh shit. Yeah, she she still, she just drinks, now and again, and, again, but hardly ever, like, I, I probably can count on one hand in seven years. She's been drunk.
0: mm yeah, I can imma- Well, I uh, say so I can imagine. This comes from the, again, no place of any real knowledge, but I can imagine that just uh, going for that experience would would hopefully make you view alcohol as obviously. Well, I say hopefully. I guess you, it would. You would see that experience and think it's not something that you want to relive for yourself um, directly or for your own kids type thing. But then I always think the same about smoking and stuff, and that's how I'm pretty sure in this and I'd have to look it up and check but like I think the the data would suggest that you're more likely to smoke if your parents do than not as in like if your parents smoke you're more likely to smoke but you might think the opposite bearing in mind that obviously one it stinks it's costly it's you know there's loads of negative things that you experience as a child when your parents smoke so why would you also then kind of think oh that's an attractive thing to do or, or what for whatever reason you, you decide to do it but also you then got the potential of people seeing their parents' health deteriorate and stuff because of the effects of smoking. And you would think all oh, those things would be enough for deterrent to to stop smoking or to not even never start smoking, but it actually seems to be the opposite, and I don't know why. Like I said, I have to check that, that's, that's, that I haven't misled that, and that's correct because obviously I can't remember, but I'm sure that's what I understand to be the case.
1: Now that is something they should be banning now.
0: Smoking? Yeah, well... Yeah. Never. Yeah, well, too much tax revenue, isn't it, but um too big of industry and too big of business just to shut down but um yeah i mean <laughs> if you change this conversation to smoking like what at least with there are you know you can talk about alcohol and its place in society as a culture and kind of some positive things that it might bring smoking is a bit of like a well what positives okay, are okay. there That's yeah. it.
1: all negative
0: no obviously it, the the kind of the the arguments always been with smoking i know we're going a bit off piste here but the argument's always been around smoking about actually it has, obviously they're talking about the, the kind of tax revenues and the money it brings into the economy and the into, I guess, our UK system, You know, if we're talking about UK specifically. But the net effect is, I think, still considered worse because of the, obviously, drain it has on resources, healthcare, NHS, yeah. that type of stuff.
1: The, the cost of support to the UK government is approximately £13 billion. 1 by 4 billion spent in social care 2.5 billion spent in NHS services and 8.6 billion of lost productivity in business you'd be like eh
0: I'd be interested to know in terms of revenue on taxes and stuff then what that brings in but and I'm sure again I've seen this before and it's a bit squirrelly in terms of who agrees what counts for what because I guess like certainly the cost on NHS is a diff- difficult thing to measure because again it's that kind of like well direct cost indirect costs, that type of stuff is obviously a hard thing to kind of actually quantify but
1: but partly in twenty 2020, twenty twenty one, tobacco duty tax receipts in the UK amounted to approximately ten billion pounds.
0: Doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, but they cost them thirteen.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at it like that, it's still, if they're legitimate, accurate figures, yeah. then you're okay. looking at a net negative, aren't you? So, um, but I mean, just for being a more healthful, just like you know, society or population, then. Get rid of it.
1: Yeah, we should get rid of that. That's a definite yes. Get rid of it tomorrow.
0: Do you reckon it ever will? Or do no. you think what you said a minute ago, like, no, it won't? I don't think they
1: will. I mean, if you, if people don't realise now it's going to kill you, I'm like, when, when will you ever realise? I know it's a case of addiction, but why would you ever start? Like, still get, I don't know. I don't think they will. Unless they can find. I don't know. Fuck knows. Let's see if I
0: find to tax people with. Yeah, Ooh. interesting.
1: But it co- ten pound pack of fags? Who fucking pays for that?
0: that and yeah, that's that's the other thing it's like I it, I I I can't fathom who can afford to smoke nowadays. I mean, I guess like I don't I don't know. Is that what it, it cost a cost of pack of cigarettes are? Ten quid? So. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd, I wouldn't been able to tell you, but I guess most people I know smoke. Um, roll-ups because obviously i guess they get it imported cheaper or wherever they get hold of it and stuff, or even just a pack of tobacco is cheaper than cigarettes but
1: the, arg- the argument always used to be and asked me about smoking, and like yeah but you could run over by a bus tomorrow I'm like it's a stupid fucking example isn't it yeah well i, I, look-, you- I look across the fucking road now you do
0: yeah that is um is a funny thing in terms of like saying you might get run over by a bus tomorrow yes well you might do but
1: you are definitely shortening those
0: puns. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you obviously, yeah, you, I, I, that is true. But that, that wasn't what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, even like, is 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 it seen really so much that you enjoy smoking that much that like, oh, I must do this because if I die tomorrow, I'll regret not smoking. Yeah,
1: there's it's nonsense in it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, well, that is nonsense because like, is anyone ever really going to regret not smoking on your deathbed? Oh, I wish I had those cigarettes because I'm dying now. I got hit by a bus. So, be fair, you could say the same alcohol, like, oh, I wish I had that pint of beer because, you know, I mean, I guess there is an element of, oh, I wish I lived a little and I'd had a of experiences. And I guess like you speak to a lot of people that enjoy alcohol, they might have loads of stories and kind of like things and like anecdotes and memories to talk about. But that's not to say you couldn't have those same memories without the alcohol. But I guess like a lot of people say the best stories that, that always involve alcohol, like hangover style type stuff, which I guess is there is an element of truth to that, but yeah it's funny it is is the alcohol things a funny conversation because i'm really conscious of sounding too negative about alcohol purely because my own views are that i don't it's not something that i particularly kind of go out of my way to enjoy it's not something that i generally i i, I don't work hard not or, or to kind of get clients to view it in the same way i do but i guess just inevitably from health seeking individuals they kind of find themselves that way and um, Certainly, to like a very moderate a way of including alcohol in a diet, rather than kind of going out and getting smashed all the time. So, I guess I'm, I say, conscious of it being a bit of a, a bit of a downer on drinking. But I think, I mean, most people listening to this going to probably have similar views. Let's be honest, are not they? Yeah,
1: they
0: might. So. E- even if they are regular drinkers, most people like smoking will probably go out and drink, knowing that it's probably not best for them to do it, but they're choosing to anyway it because they enjoy it. Which, to be fair, I don't actually really have a problem with.
1: No, people can. Do whatever they
0: want yeah. unless you're one of those oh. dickheads that go out and get drunk and start fights in the middle of Prince Wells Road which is obviously then a bit of a dickhead thing to do
1: yeah it's strange mm. eh? Well, things you can do
0: yeah well what I would suggest is don't do it uh, at a Christmas party with 30 you know blue belt plus and then me
1: no I'm like a strangled
0: probably the thing is most of them probably wouldn't fight like I said most of them would probably just try and get out of the situation and leave genuinely I don't think many of them would ever try I think most of them would just say nah this isn't worth it off see ya
1: well it's not as it because there's always one guy who's, who's had 400 street fights and you probably haven't got much of a chance against that guy so always a point anyway isn't it?
0: yeah well the thing is it's kind of <laughs> that sort of bloke he's probably sort of bloke where like um, you either have to literally put him to sleep and keep him to sleep um, or like they're so mental that you basically they, you're gonna have to kill them before they stop <laughs> type thing. You're like, this is definitely not worth this. No.
1: That's that's a that is a, that is one of the darks of is it. people who can't tolerate it and get a bit brave, do things they may not do without it. Start fights kill people yeah. they didn't intend to. Mm. It's just dark, it. it's just dark. Yeah, it's just needless,
0: isn't it? This would have been an interesting conversation to have Amy on, actually, to see what from a female kind of slightly uh, softer perspective, see what her views would have been. Actually, ask her next week. Yeah, perhaps she will. She should be back. Um, should we wrap up there, my friend?
1: Yeah, why not? Why not? Fifty-two Wouldn't minutes. Last like
0: mm, Yeah, good. Um, hopefully, in- interesting insight views. Might find it boring if you did. Hope you skipped on. And if you did skip on, you'd probably not hear me now. So, okay. um, uh, buy your cheese. Please, please rate, review, subscribe. Best thing you can do, like, if you want to give us a gift for Christmas, the best thing you do is just screenshot, share on your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever. That's the best thing you can do, and just tag us in. That would be lovely. Um, couldn't ask me more. It doesn't cost you anything either. So, if you do enjoy any of our stuff, do us the solid, do us a favor, and just share it with your network so we can kind of get out to more people and just help promote. I always think that, right? Whenever I buy anything, or whenever I go anywhere, like food restaurants, I always think, like, you know, what's the best thing I can do for these people right now? If I've enjoyed what they've done, and I always think the best thing I can do is just spread spread the word on social media. So that's what I do. So I hope everyone else does the same. Um, we're gonna have what uh, probably th- at least two more. I'm trying to think of the dates, yeah, two more Christmas, episodes two more episodes before Christmas. Um, I'm gonna commit to not doing a surviving Christmas episode. <laughs> this year Um,
1: because
0: let's be honest there's going to be a thousand like last year and the year before and the year before that Surviving Christmas type episodes out so we'll have to think of something different to do again because we obviously haven't done one the last couple I think we did do one the first year but we were obviously new to the game very cliche the last couple of years obviously we were like nah not doing that not doing Surviving Christmas because one it's not a war so you have to survive anything Um, but yeah so we'll have to think of something for the next couple of weeks to do something a bit more interesting so
1: do a Lyle McDonald rapid fat loss from now until December the 23rd then have had it then go back to it in January.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then go back normal to normal in February, Jog done.
0: Yeah, nice. Rapid, rap, do a, <laughs> yeah, rapid fat loss. Binge your tits off for a week because you're so fucking starved of anything tasty. And then, um, yeah, and then basically Uber restrict yourself into the realms of dark periods of guilt. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully get out the other end, not too cut up and there were too many problems going forward
1: And don't bother looking at the scale
0: definitely don't look at the scale
1: drop 10 pounds gain 15 pounds drop another 20
0: yeah well it's probably more like drop 10 gain 15 drop 5 back to where i started load of food relationship issues yeah but there we go right on that note bonjour adios have fun see you in a bit thank you for listening to the nnn podcast If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.